quite, uh, it's quite <laughs> well, you're not on yet, so anyways, but we're on now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Yard Sign. We are lives uh, just after seven, as we usually do. How you doing? Johnny Torres, your host. Uh, very excited. Uh, yeah, that in the background would be everyone trying to share, like, comment on the show as we get started here. Thank you so much. Don't forget, uh, you can catch uh, previous episodes on YouTube. Uh, you can follow us on all the social media platforms. And for the audio version of the podcast, uh, you want to go on to Google, Spotify, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Apple. Duh. <laughs> so thank you so much for watching. Actually, our audio version of the podcast has been blown up. Like our numbers have just doubled over the past six months, which is amazing. And so thank you to everybody listening uh, to the yard sign and, uh, and for, you know, supporting the show. Uh, very excited, not only because there's plenty to talk about and we took, um, Columbus Day off. Thanks, Columbus. Um, uh, but uh, there's so much going on, and we have a very special guest. So uh, over here to my left, you have all of today's topics. We'll talk about Amy Comey Barrett's uh, hearings and uh, the just the ridiculous theater that was. The election polls, of course, we'll get an update. Enable's crunching the numbers as we speak. Uh, we'll uh, uh, pick apart the whole Hunter Biden situation and whether or not it is a conspiracy theory. And we'll touch on uh, Twitter's uh, whole issue with it as well. Uh, and then, of course, the dueling town halls, uh, both Trump and Biden, instead of having their debate that they were supposed to have in Miami, uh, decided to have dueling town halls. And uh, so we'll talk about whether or not that's going to happen any impact on November. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, unmute these guys over here um, in the center table and switch over to those guys. Let's see. What are we doing here? There we go. Oh, right. God, I always get an evil right, right in the face oh, right there. Look at that. Right in the face. Right in the face. You know, there are some talented people, and I just have that talent. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for uh, being on the show as always from left to right. Let's go ahead and uh, let's get the, the good cameras here. Uh, oh. We're going to have to adjust you, Joe, because I just saw you cutting off the knee a little bit. But uh, left to right, that's Joe Wicker in the left chair there. Uh, not to be confused with our special guest for today, Brittany Jean, joining us in the right chair. Let me swap that over there to the right. Boom, there we go. See, that's how that works. Uh, and then, of course, joining us as always... Uh, and partially oh. blocked by Joe Wicker <laughs> is Anibal Cabrera. I think, Anibal, you're going to have to probably swing out a little bit, uh, let Joe stay where he's at. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, uh, let's uh, go ahead and start with today's first topic uh, because, like I said, we got plenty to talk about. Amy Coney Barrett, um, seeming like a lock right now to be joining the Supreme Court. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, the, the, nothing really came out of the hearings, nothing really substantial. Um, I, I mean, I think the biggest controversy was, uh, the, the whole comment on, uh, uh the whole comment on, um, preference, sexual preference versus sexual orientation, which was stupid and made up. And, uh, you know, so, uh, is, is it a lock? We got the votes. They, they have 50, They need 51 votes. They've got 51 votes. They've got 53 probably. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to happen. Yeah, I can only, I think we'll have a few Democrats actually vote for her. Oh, you think so? I think so. Did anybody say they would? Feinstein was really, Is she? really um, appreciative of her comments, didn't do anything negative with her, with her commentary. So I feel that we're probably going to get more than 51%, 51 votes for this one. Uh, I do know that the the senator from Maine, I believe, um, is said that she's not going to vote for, for oh, a, right. ABC. Oh, yeah. right, So we'll get 52. ACB. I'm telling you. 
acronyms. So let's go ahead and uh, just to kind of put you on the spot uh, for our special guest here, uh, Brittany, uh, you are a law student. And uh, so give us that perspective. You've got uh, this amazing woman uh, who is not only an incredible mother, but at the same time, one of the most successful lawyers in her field right now on her way to becoming a Supreme Court justice. Um, what What is that like, especially for you kind of going through that process at, at the, the beginning phase? Yeah, so I will say that I was definitely um, very interested in the whole process of the nomination and um, watching the Senate hearings probably a little too much. I should have been studying while they were on. <laughs> um, but I loved it. I love her um, as a law student that's just starting out. I think that she is a huge inspiration to um, young women that want to be involved in law and in politics in general. Um, and she just is set in her um, her jurisprudence and she really believes that the law should be interpreted the way it was written and the way that the lawmakers meant when they wrote it which is um you know one way of interpreting the law and for conservative law students that is how most of us look at it so it's nice to have that inspiration um going into law school i know that a lot of my conservative friends at school we loved sitting there and talking about her and talking about how she views the law versus how um, some of the other judges view the law. And it's going into law school, like I said, it's very interesting to really see that transition. Um, when we're reading the Supreme Court cases in class, you can, uh, after watching this and learning it, you can really tell what the judges stand for, how they're interpreting the law, what their jurisprudence is, and then to see it all play out um, on TV for a whole week was really interesting. And, and give me a little bit of the perspective from your professors. Uh, I'm guessing they're obviously wanting you and encouraging everybody to watch closely what's happening, what the process is, and 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 maybe even picking it apart. What what has there any been any kind of revelations in terms of your your professors' political leanings, or uh, have you been fortunate to kind of have uh, better professors to kind of keep their own perspective out of it? So I will say, uh, much to my surprise, we really haven't talked about it in class. A few of my professors have mentioned it, mostly in civil procedure, because that's where we're learning about how the law works and how the system works as a whole. But I feel like the climate is so, uh, it's so political and it's so dramatic and everyone is so polarized that our what? professors are really trying not to bring up anything that's political in class. So wow. I was very disappointed. I was very surprised, but we really haven't talked about it in class. I mean, if that's the case, you can't talk about anything at this point. Every, I mean, just everything seems like it's become political, which is crazy. It didn't used to be this way. It is crazy. You can see in classes, we were talking about a case, and there was a discrimination based off of um, race and religion, um, you know, way race back. and during, religion. Race and religion, okay. way back um, after 9-11. And when the professor started asking some questions about if the you know, people in the class thought that they were being discriminated against or if there was a valid reason as to why um, this gentleman wasn't hired, nobody raised their hand because nobody wanted to be in the hot spot and nobody wanted to give their political opinions on the case and then have the rest of the class, you know, label them as, oh, she's a conservative or, oh, he's a conservative or, oh, he or she is racist. And it's, it's a very... 
That's sad. hard climate to adjust to. And it's a very sticky situation to navigate through because um, you're with these classmates for three years, right? So, And you, want, you would like for there to be some kind of like an environment to be able to discuss these topics and be able to have the, the iron sharpening iron because that's the only way you really learn is right. having discussions. So I'm, I'm kind of okay with them realizing that they don't want to go too far mm-hmm. and alienate other people. But then I also don't like the idea that you don't have the um the environment to be able to have that conversation like do you think that will benefit you or your classmates in the future i don't i think that if we can bring up the topics and we can discuss each side of it and be respectful and understanding of everyone else's viewpoints that it would be beneficial and helpful to us as future attorneys and as people that are you know entering the young adulthood and really engaging in politics and everything going on right now that it would be beneficial to everybody to be able to discuss both sides to have an understanding of both sides and to be civil and just have that conversation that's what's wrong with you know the entire country right now nobody can engage in that conversation without one person getting mad or one person calling someone a racist or being violent you know we really need to just go back to the core and have good, deep, understanding conversations with each other. Well, there for a while, I thought that it seemed like the Dems were going to really go after her religion, yeah. after ACB's religion. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, they, they have conversations about strategy, you know, behind the scenes. Um, as much as people might want to think that it's just straight up and down, is this person qualified? The fact is that politics is at the heart of everything that's going on there in the Senate. And uh, it, it looked to me like they basically decided, you know what, there's been a lot of things that haven't exactly uh, went well for the Democrats recently, like with the riots and whatnot. And it, it, I think that people were kind of waiting to see, like, are you really going to tear up this woman because of the fact that she's Catholic and has seven kids? Like, really? Well, and they backed they off and they didn't do that. You well, know, they completely, they really didn't go after her at all in that regard. You, you There's no winning going after the morality of an individual that is such a upstanding individual for in their community. It just, it doesn't work. It won't work positively. We're in a hyper election cycle and attacking a, a, a woman who's adopted children, who is raising them correctly, who's doing all that she can to make sure they have um, everything that they're, they're ever wanting and being able to work full time at the same time. Well, there were some people on the internet that were saying some crazy <laughs> yeah. stuff. Remember that? So Somebody said that she was a ad- uh, because, yeah, because she adopted children from another country <laughs> oh. from Haiti. I think it is yeah. that, that she was basically colonized. I mean, it's just crazy. It was crazy. And then if they attack her religion, Joe Biden is Catholic. So right. going after her for her yeah. religion and then your presidential candidate is also you know, as he claims a devout Catholic, so there would be definitely. Oh my! That's well. But that's something that, in my throat there for a second. That's really the brilliance, right? We got a commercial right? break. Commercial break. <laughs> you get some a little parched. That is uh, that. That's really though the the brilliance, right? Of the of the whole pick in itself is is that uh, I mean she just hit all of the boxes. I mean, short of maybe being uh, a minority, which uh, Kamala Harris, of course, had to make an issue out of, um, she maybe was the best pick that they could have uh, landed in, given the current environment, right? Yeah, I mean, she was, well, she, well remember, remember, she was already at the top of the list when yes. Trump had to make his first pick. Yeah, she has been, we have known about her. She was already at the top of the list. cycles already. Yeah, and I... 
it almost seemed like he basically told her, hey, I, I got you yeah. next go around or something like, well, hey, if anything happens to, you know, RBG, you know, you'll be my pick. And, yeah. and you know, something did happen. And so. this is what, and some people don't understand this, but like this is one of the main reasons why I voted for Trump is because he had came out with a list of uh, judges that if, Given the opportunity, these yeah. would be the people that he would appoint. Well, the Federalist Society put out the yeah, list. And he, yeah. he went, he, well, I wasn't expecting Trump to yeah, yeah, create, yeah. He that didn't create that list. He didn't create that list. But I was list. expecting him to get the people that knew what they were doing to be able to move that forward. And he's done exactly what I wanted. I think it's 180 judges that have gone through the Senate. Yeah, and, that yeah. he, and now this will be the third pick for the Supreme Court, which is ridiculous. And so that has been something that has been something that he promised and he has delivered it. And I, again, I think it's a great role model for um, future lawyers, future judges. She's going to be a great uh, example of what a conservative. And I and I'm, I'm going to use the word li- loosely when it comes to conservative judge because you don't know at the end of right. the day how they really yeah. will behave. They usually don't get more conservative I know. on the court. That's the thing. <laughs> you know, the thing that I don't think people give Trump credit for though is as a businessman, and I don't I don't even know that he talks about it as as much, is that. When you are in business and you're trying to get the right people on the team, uh, ideology might play a role, Mm -hmm. but the truth is you want the best people that you can possibly get. Correct. Period. No matter what your business is, you want the best people. And there's there's a lot of, uh, of, of that still in Trump even though it's probably difficult to do that in politics per se, because there's a lot of considerations, but he wants the best people, you know, and, and I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think there's many people before or after the confirmation that are really questioning it any real realistic way. Right. Now I will say this though. Hector Gonzalez has made a point on Facebook saying that uh, Senator Ted Cruz and other senators are now proposing that a constitutional amendment that would ban the expansion of the Supreme Court. Sure, the states are on board, but uh, the states would probably be on board, yeah. right? Three fourths of the legislatures would probably would probably ratify it. But how are you going to get it out of Congress, right? It'll never. Get it out would of have Congress to originate right with the states. Yeah, and yeah. We, I don't even want to open that Pandora's box of opening a. Uh, what's no, no, no. I'm not talking about that. No, but I mean it can it can originate. I think. Then, well, you're you're the lawyer. I know. I think there's like four different ways, right? Hey, I've only been in school for one of the, like yeah. nine one weeks. Of, one guys. of the lawyers commented. I don't, I don't have a copy of, of the Constitution in front of me. I think there's three or four different ways, though. But the the point is, is that the the main the main way that it happens is when it goes through Congress, and you're not uh, first, and then gets ratified, and you're not going to get it through the House right now. So that's not even an option. And that's They're so a, a disappointment when the opposition party because they're not getting their way, has to change the rules so they can try to figure out a way to... I mean, it's pretty rare that you need a constitutional amendment, and that's by design, thankfully, yes. right? Yes. The federal, Thankfully, the federal constitution doesn't get changed like Florida's does. But, um, <laughs> but you would actually think that limiting, going ahead and just codifying that, hey, we're at nine, and that's the number. Like, I mean, I, actually, I think that that's something that could probably pass. Probably. I mean, if their political will was there to do what would be the benefit of adding more judges? I don't think that there would be a benefit. (laughs) I mean, I could see where the Democrats would think that there's a benefit because then they could balance the court by adding, you know, more liberal judges. Um, I don't know if writing an amendment saying that there has to be nine is the best idea just because it's or it's not in the constitution right the constitution doesn't state how many judges there should be and it has changed um throughout history it hasn't in like the last 100 150 years but it had changed before and that um 
that power does lie with Congress. So I don't know if an amendment would be the best way just because then, you know, you're adding new laws. You're not really interpreting what the founders wanted per se when they wrote the constitution. However, I think, you know, sticking with the nine judges is precedence now and that that is what they should look at to keep it that way and adding more judges from what we have talked about in class because we have talked about this it the conversation then starts to change because you have nine judges sitting around a table when you add more they have less time to talk about it they right. have less less time to discuss it right. and you have more opinions coming in and i mean if you've read these supreme court opinions I, they are pages long and you have judges agreeing with parts one and three and not with parts five and six and adding more judges would make that more confusing you need a majority to pass the law to make it precedent and so that would just i think disrupt the entire system and we have to remember what's good for the goose is good for the gander so just because (laughs) just because it might work because you know let's say the democrats controlled the senate Mm -hmm. and they and then they pack the court okay that works for you now well, what happens in the future well, we, when that's not well, like the case? Well, like with the filibuster. Yeah, that's you know, what we're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They already felt yeah. the sting once. Yeah. And you know they're not yeah. going to remember so, that again. So for those, right. so I don't know who wants to explain it for those that are watching about what happened <laughs> with the filibuster. It used to be 60 votes, basically. Right. It used to take 60 votes to get anything done in the Senate. And to get Obamacare through, Harry Reid went nuclear, as they called it, the nuclear option. And removed that and made it made the Senate rules because the Senate gets to create their own rules, and made it where a simple majority was all it took to pass Obamacare. And Mitch McConnell at the time was the minority leader, stood up and said, "You will regret this if you do this." (laughs) And sure enough, now here we are. uh, Fifty-one votes is all it's taken, and they've gotten three justices through now, or soon to be the third justice. And this was two thousand thirteen, right? When they took wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So it's not like we we have to look far to see how history has played it out. Just a uh, small reminder as to how brilliant uh, Mitch McConnell is, uh, in case anybody was wondering. Cocaine Mitch. Cocaine Mitch. I hate that. I hate that nickname. I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't. You know, they they brought a heavy tanker in that had cocaine. I'm just saying. I mean, it was. It's like a deep water, like huge Panamax. Okay, shipping, okay. Shipping <laughs> boat that now happened that. to get busted by ice. But I mean, oh hey. my gosh! All right. Well, thank you so much for watching Custom the yard sign, everybody. <laughs> uh, right to my left, today's topics: our special guest, Brittany Jean, uh, one of the brand ambassadors for Turning Point USA, joining us today, and uh, so excited to have her. And for you all watching, thank you so much. Uh, we just talked about ACB and her hearing, so let's go ahead and crunch some numbers real quick in terms of the election and uh, talk about uh, you know, I mean the the. Uh, opinions on where this race stands could could not be more diverse um i mean everybody i think has a a drastically different take on how this election is shaping up um and again do we trust the same polls that got it completely wrong four years ago uh or did they get their act together and 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 kind of learn from it and try to make some adjustments so they could be right leading up to 2020 um so we'll kind of kick things off first let's go ahead and crunch the numbers and email what you got so nope. the polls are absolutely everywhere this cycle. We have a, a big contrast of where we're starting from. Some are saying that it is a dead heat in some states. Some are going as far as a 12-point lead, um, Biden over Trump. The problem that a lot of people are having with these polls, however, is because they're using somewhat of the same metrics that they used to calculate these poll numbers in 2016, 2016. 
And so that's where the discrepancy is happening right now. If some of the polls, if you were to believe some of the polls, that would mean that there's more energy and fervor for Biden than Trump, than the, for Biden, than Obama in 2018, into 2008. Do we believe that? No. <laughs> no. So I, I, don't, I so. don't, I can't say that. And then another, another statistic that we looked at, Rasmussen is saying that Biden is going to outperform FDR when it came to a democratic land, like wave from 1990, from 1944. So which election? What are we talking about? Which so So um, they're saying oh, if FDR's Biden, 1944 election. Yes. Okay. Where he won every during the World War Two. Right. 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 So it, I think it was a landslide of. And that was probably his biggest one, right? Correct. Or, or yeah, I don't know. But this is the thing. Okay, so a campaign that's done virtually nothing in comparison to previous presidential campaigns, mostly because of coronavirus, right? No rallies, barely any debates, barely any public appearances. The public appearances he has had, I mean, honestly, I mean, has there been more than a dozen people there? Um, <laughs> no, I, it, but they would say that's by design. They they would say that that's and I get that, but COVID but even procedures, yeah. even on on my social media platforms, your most fervent most like hardcore Democrats all while they're certainly waving the flag, they're not necessarily excited by the idea of Biden. That's just the guy that they have to get behind. And that's, I think the biggest difference. And and so I am incredibly skeptical much like I was four years ago as to how this is going to turn out. I'd love to point to the rallies and I'd love to point to all the flags and the boat parades and all this amazing stuff that's been happening and say, God, there is no way he's going to lose this election. Um, but, but there are people saying that there's going to be a, democratic landslide um and and you got to balance it out you know regardless because the people saying that are people that have been in this business for a long time and again as we saw four years ago not that they can't be wrong it's it's that you know i, I don't know for me i just have that doubt i have that i have that well, that slight was, skepticism that to. that maybe maybe there is this kind of underground kind of silent movement happening among democrats and independents that really are just turning out in huge numbers because all the polling places right and Brittany was out at one of them today uh, of the lines have been ridiculous well normally normally when the voters are really showing up somebody's about to get fired Right when voter when when voting uh, when voter turnout increases, people are upset, and you're about to get fired, and that hurts incumbency. Whoever's the incumbent, so it concerns me a little bit to see the voter turnout, to see the long lines. Having said that, well, no, we've always had long lines for the first day. Well, of early voting. right. Having said that, it's the first day of early voting. You've got a lot of people that want to vote in person, mm-hmm. but don't want to vote on election day because that's the real. Because then you're really crammed in there. And they don't trust, they don't want to do the mail-in thing. So it'll be interesting to see where we're at in about five days. Okay, yeah. but because how early much vo- of... Early voting how, is for 10 days, I think. How, how much of these lines that we're seeing specifically here in Florida, or maybe even nationally, because we're seeing it in Atlanta, we're seeing it in other states, um, uh, is it because people are severely doubting the handling of the mail-in ballots? This yeah, year? they want to vote in person, but they don't want to vote on election day because... Um, because it, it, then that's your last opportunity, and then there really are lines. At least that's the way it used to be. Now election day is not bad because there's so much other methods to vote. I've so. never had an issue getting to my polling station and yeah. voting either before work or after work. No, it's never been a problem for me during election day. But back to the no, polls, me. though. You know, I was at a, a fundraiser for um, Michael Owen. By the way, House District Fifty Nine. Vote Woo-hoo. Mike Owen. Um, 
And I was having a conversation with somebody who was saying that they uh, saw a real poll, okay? And then, and, 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 and then they talked about the percentages. And the reason why I bring that up is what, what they mean is an internal, yes. you know, we are polling legit to find out what we need to do type of poll. Okay, these are not polls that they then turn around and necessarily publish because it's actually campaigns doing their own internal polling. And if you're lying to yourself, you're not doing yourself exactly. any good. Right. So those, so the campaigns are really trying to zone in and find out, okay, based on who we, we believe is absolutely going to vote, how do we stand? And those are the, those are the polls that matter or that are probably more accurate. Unfortunately, you're not going to see a lot of that. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of in regards to what Johnny was saying about the uncertainty of it is I just remember back to 2016 remember it was every single poll and it was crazy and Hillary Clinton was 94 95% going to win it was just going to it was just a certainty it was just going to happen she was double digits yes supposed to win and, and the last thing I'll say about the polling is that gets released publicly is Part of that is campaign strategy. Yep. Hey, yeah. let's let's suppress the opponents' vo uh, voters by telling them that it's just a landslide. There's no point in you even showing up because this thing is already over with. And and that's, yeah, but uh, more than ever, more than ever, does it not seem like everyone and their grandmother is is telling you to get out to vote? I mean, I've never seen so many companies. Well, Facebook tells me so every five every minutes. Day. Well, that's what I'm saying. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you see yeah. it. 500 times a day when you log on to your cell phone. It's ridiculous. Have you voted yet? I, you might have said so. I have not voted yet. Okay. I am you were at a polling until place. election day. Okay, I'm just wondering, once you vote, because I, I think they're just oh, blanket. Oh, I will it go. I think, yeah, I think no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's zoned in. It's so just blanket, right? There yeah. is a way to get that Get. That I saw that and I did it. Thank you, whoever yeah. you know. So there is a way to do You're it. Welcome. If Thank anything, you, twenty-five-year-old yeah. <laughs> person or twenty-five, eighteen. Yeah, that, that, age. That, yeah. But I will say, no. Shout this. out to my friend Ben uh, in DC, who actually, I mean, that's oh, yeah. who, that's who I got it from. Okay, yeah, okay. but I'm sure I he got it from that. somebody else. Yeah. So I will yeah. say this: just because there are more people telling you to vote doesn't necessarily mean that there will be more people voting. There is a weird. Um, projection out there and it's almost it's a statistic uh situation to where the more people remind you of something the more you are more likely that you're going to forget to do it because you've been reminding yourself that to do it and unless you have a legitimate reason to go and do it, it doesn't necessarily mean you will so it's, it's a fascinating idea that just because it's like yes but more than it's ever like, it's like saying if we make voting um a mandate or you make a voting online Will more people do it? Not necessarily. I think, it's I, not think, true. I think social media and, and, and Google, I think they absolutely are driving people to Trying the Trying to polls. get out the votes, yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, for, for God's sakes, you got the cast of the West Wing to reunite, yeah. you know, just <laughs> I mean, to drive on. people yeah. out to the polls. Yeah. And again, like every major corporation right now is, is putting out money trying to drive people to vote, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I mean, it, it's, it's a great thing, obviously, right? Um, but you, you have to wonder uh what's the motivation right like why now has it been because you know this has been tried for years you know and then of course you always heard about the youth vote which never turns out you know um they like barely get the double digits right uh and and so it, it's Rock just so vote. fascinating to me that say the day before well, the election yeah. not only is yeah. yeah not only is nobody talking about the youth vote in this cycle That's true, they're not. um but there's also a ridiculous amount of money and effort put into driving people to the polls mm -hmm. so i i'm gonna say that and i know that you were at a polling station so if you want to give your example that you were talking to us earlier about okay. how what happened yeah so um i was only at one polling station around lunchtime for a couple of hours today and there were some long lines 
But from what I saw, the enthusiasm for Donald Trump and the Republicans were very strong. Where was uh, where this? I was? Are it you was willing the, to say um, <laughs> plant library? Oh, okay. Uh, so I can't Tampa? forget the first name. The Platt. Jam Platt. Jam Platt Library. Okay, okay. Um, oh, around lunchtime, and it's Tampa, which was very surprising. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you have the, I was holding a sign for Jackie Toledo, State okay. House, District 60. And you have the Democratic volunteers right. and the Republican Party volunteers right. handing out their voting guides. Right. And we had so many people come up to us, take our voting guides, yeah, we're going to wow. vote for you guys. You know, wow. Trump hats, Trump masks. The Democratic Party volunteers did leave a little early. <laughs> really? <laughs> they they wow. packed up their car and they <laughs> left. Um, so I do think that the enthusiasm is there. Okay. I mean, obviously, we're all going to be a little bit skeptical of the polls. But I think, like you said, the campaign strategy of trying to push you know, the one side down and say, it doesn't matter. You're so far behind. I don't think that's going to work for Trump supporters. I no, think that, correct. you know, they are going to get to the polls and they're going to vote no matter what. And we'll just have to see what but happens. I've, I've well, seen, I've seen some, what I would call our traditional Republican voters. Okay. Meaning they're not super partisan. They're not, you know, locked in. I've seen traditional Republican voters that I think have succumbed to the onslaught of constant outrage and because Biden doesn't have the excitement, there's no way to really get people more excited about Biden. So from from my perspective, their what whole excitement. campaign, I know there is none. So you can't you can't grow his base. Yeah. Okay. It is what it is. So what they what I have seen them doing is having outrage story after outrage story every single week about Donald Trump in an effort mm -hmm. to shave away his voters because if they can cause him to lose enough voters, then Biden can win by default. And the one example I will give of that is <clears throat> that whole story that Donald Trump went to France mm -hmm. for the D-Day thing. And instead of going on the first day and, you know, he said they were losers or some crazy story, right? Which is two years old, apparently. I mean, this is just now dropping. This supposedly happened two years ago. But guess what also happened? Because the story, I think, dropped on Friday. Guess what happened on, uh, on Monday, I think it was? military absentee ballots were getting mailed out. Ah. So it was timed for when military personnel who traditionally vote more Republican, I think about 55 to 60%, um, would receive their ballots. It's so, so it's yeah. targeted. It's like, let's shave. Who can we get that's in that little group that's going to be with Trump? Who can we just, who can we, who can we peel away? Well, we know that they're trying their best to shave off uh, a 65 or older voters and then suburban moms. Those are the yeah. big ones that the Democrats yeah. are really focusing on to reduce their numbers. Whereas the Republicans are focusing on, what was it? We just we had a huge Hispanic rally over the weekend where you had the uh, the caravans all throughout Florida, sign wavings like all like every other corner. It was insane driving around the Bay Area over the weekend. And then, but as someone that's kind of in the bubble and we talk politics all the time, you're like. I don't see anyone. Or there was some that saw a, a, a Biden caravan this morning. They had like yeah. 15 had, cars in it. They told me seven. <laughs> seven, seven. As, as you get older, one of the thing, one of the benefits of getting older is being able to have those memories of, wait a minute, has it always been this way? You know, and one of the things that I remember now of past elections is around election time, they always throw out the whole 
So-and-so is going to take away your Social Security and Medicare. Mm -hmm. They try that on seniors every four years. It's the same line. And and the fact is, neither Donald Trump nor Joe Biden are probably going to even touch Social Security and Medicare because it's politically impossible. And and that's why, so the the Republicans are focusing on the black vote, uh, the, the new groups that are coming out we were at a a pride a a trump pride event on saturday with tiffany trump that was an amazing event we had 60 plus young republicans walking for anna paulina luna in saint pete um we had i think joe um yeah, yeah, by the way, that, that's that's not a mini bar bottle of, uh, of no. liquor, by the way. Although it does say, although I noticed the alcohol content, it, it, they made it a point to say grain alcohol. Oh, like, boy. Like, you know, but yes. Plus, it plus probably aloe made vera. In, plus aloe vera. Probably so. made in the, one of our local breweries. Probably. So, like again, there's a lot of momentum coming out. We, we knocked on, I think, maybe plus 5,000 doors over the weekend. So we are really moving, and we see nothing of the Democrats. Zero campaign. So either they're all secretly going to vote. It's or crazy. It's a ghost campaign. It's like a ghost campaign. And I do think my little sister um, will be voting in her first election this year. And she is um, registered as an independent. And she said that she has been inundated with Donald Trump mailers. But she has not received one for Joe Biden Really. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, my grandpa just turned 85 years old. Him and my grandmother and my dad registered Democrats um, since they immigrated to the United States from Tanzania. And they, in 2016, said that they would never vote for Donald Trump. My grandparents, my dad. Has loved Donald Trump since he came down the escalator and said yeah, he was running. He was one of those people. That, <laughs> he was one of those people that said Donald Trump's going to win. Since the escalator, yes. since you came down the we, escalator, we have autographed hats from his very first rally in Florida okay. and everything. Um, but my grandparents, eighty-five years old, registered Democrats, lifelong Democrats, um, immigrants, have mailed in their ballots for Donald Trump last week. So, I mean, you're hearing stories on hearing both sides stories, of the yeah. spectrum. What are they saying? What, what's their reasoning? Because I know that's anecdotal. It's it's your personal experience. <laughs> but what are they saying? Uh, my, like, why? My grandparents think they do not want the United States to turn into the country that they left yeah. behind. Oh, okay. So they yeah. don't, they don't want it to turn into yeah. socialism. They, you know, they agree with supporting the police officers. Um, they are Muslim. And so they believe in religious freedom, not just for them, but for everybody. Mm. You know, the First Amendment. They are huge supporters of all of those. Yeah. And they said that they don't like the way that the country looks to be going if Joe Biden became president and they can't stand for that. And that's the thing. It's not Joe Biden that I'm looking at. It's everyone behind him oh, that sure. is pushing that oh, agenda. Sure, sure. So we all know that Joe Biden is just a sheep yeah, he and, has not, and not even he's a just, wolf. He's just literally just a sheep no, yeah, blocking yeah. the wolves yeah, behind. Yeah, and yeah. so you can't trust what he says. You can't trust what he does. And at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with any of the, pol- the majority of the policies that the Democrats are spewing. And they get it gets worse and worse every well, single day. Well, that's because they're setting Joe Biden up to be a moderate, mm-hmm. and so a right. lot of I know I have a lot of friends that I went yeah. to college with and have met here in Tampa that are claiming, "Oh, Joe Biden is a moderate. He's for the independent thinker." And I'm sitting there looking really? at them, going, "Look at everybody else. Look at Kamala Harris. Look at you know who he's going to bring onto his cabinet yeah. and yeah. everyone that's supporting him in the House and the Senate." I'm like, he is not a moderate. He can look like a moderate but his policies are going to be pushed by the far left i think and you know at this point he's willing to do anything it takes to get elected 
Look and, at and, 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 and to, and to get into office. his afternoon nap. I mean, how, many times he, how many times does he run for this office? Uh, this will be his three, you know, right? This will be his third. Yes, this will be his third. for president. I will say this. Going with the new voters, my mom became a citizen over the summer. And this will be her first election, and she is wow. voting for Trump as well. That's wow. So I'm really excited yeah, that one. That's exciting. And so, again, this is the bubble conversation. I do not know any Republican that voted for Trump in 16 that is not going to vote for him now. See, I, I think there's I think, I think there's some. But, you, but well, I, I know some. No, no. no, so here's the funny you thing. You have the number because Trump first. Wait, so I have those out. Yeah, so here's the funny thing. The ones that I do know that are not going to vote for Trump who are Republican are all people who used to work in the system. These are all consultants. These are political oh, operatives. Right, exactly. People who got pushed out yeah. by the Donald Trump yeah. campaign because he was an outsider right. and, and wasn't able to, in some cases, and didn't hire intentionally in other cases. Yep. Some of the people that have been in this process for, for decades. Yes. Yeah, the, the one thing that really kind of has frustrated me over the year, over the, these four years, is for my whole life, you've heard people talk about what they wish they could have in a politician. And they would say things like, I want somebody who's not a politician. <laughs> I, yeah. want, I want somebody who is not beholden to lobbyists. Right. I want somebody to just tell it like it is. Quit being so polished and and just lying to it. Just tell it like it is. I want to. We need a businessman, you know. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you got all of these things, right? yeah. And now you now you realize that you're not so excited about it because to Johnny's point, there's a lot of people that make money off the system. Their only principle, they might have some personal principles and beliefs. They might you know lean a little more conservative or Democrat, whatever it is. But the fact is, is that their job is making money Correct. off politics. And I, I read an article that, that, that was talking about how the, the, a lot of the voters, you know, didn't really send Trump to Washington to fix Washington, D.C. They sent him there to burn the place down. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's right. not going yeah. to make it, but he's not there to hook you up and to help no. you out. If you are right. if you live in Washington, D.C., you might end up out of a job. Yeah, and we and we played the game a few, uh, almost all of us have played this game, and you're going to see this now as you get more and more with the, the consultants and everything else. If you don't pick the right consultant, they will find someone to run against you. It's yep. it's like the the doggy dog. Yeah. They do not yeah. care about party. It's their business, and it's because it, it's their business. It's their business, and I don't fault them for that. Oh, but you business. need to understand that going in yeah. as a candidate, yeah. that you got to pick the right one, so then you don't have someone being pushed up on purpose just yeah. to just to screw with your campaign. I'm not going to call oh. out any names, but to Johnny's point, there are people. <laughs> we could. There are we people. Could easily no, call out. There names. are people. Oh, there's a list. <laughs> there, there are people that lost that had to retire from lobbying and from all the influence stuff because there was no more. There was no business for them. Yeah. Because right. Donald Trump got elected. So then again, and yeah. all those people are going to hate the guy. But then are they the so, ones that voted for him in 16? I don't think so. No, no. of course not. No, so of course that, not. So but then that's but they come they out knew. as Republican. So, yeah, exactly. but because yeah. they knew. They knew it was going to be bad for a bit. But they come out, oh, I'm a Republican yeah. and I voted for Bush and blah, blah. No, your business is politics. And whether a Republican gets elected or a Democrat gets elected, you still make money. Yeah. But when Donald Trump gets elected, a lot of people lost their income. I didn't in have politics. I didn't have any Democrat friends come up to me in 16 and say, I'm voting for Trump. This cycle around, a lot of my Democratic friends are saying that secretly. Um, we were at the LGBTQ event on on Saturday, and there were a lot of registered independents and Democrats that are done voting Democrat, and they're voting Republican. And you hear all these stories, and you're listening to all these good, like these anecdotes, anecdotes, 
And you're like, I just, I don't, I don't, I see the enthusiasm. I see the, the, the wave that's coming on our side, but you don't see it in the polls. I don't see it in the polls. But then you see um, almost 50% of the country approves of his job, of what he's doing right now. Um, in the economy, it's above 50%. And so these conflicting polls, and Johnny, you know this more than anyone else, mm -hmm. it's the, the verbiage of the poll decides if it's going to be a plus or minus. Yeah, and, and much like the amendments, which uh, we are going to get into today, uh, we're going to do kind of a quick run through the amendments that are going to be on your ballot, at least here in Hillsborough County. Um, it, it's all in how you word it, and it's intentionally worded uh, you know, to, uh, in some cases, get a certain answer out of you, and in other cases, it's meant to obviously make you think about your answer, but also second-guess your answer. So um, I have a few more, so. uh, one or two more whole numbers. Quinnick P in 2018 Quinnipiac, yeah. Quinnipiac said that Nelson and Andrew Gillum were going to win by seven points. That was the week before the election. Seven. Seven points. Yeah, and so we all know that how that ended. In Pennsylvania. Well, in any statewide race in Florida is just never going to be no. that that wide. It's never going to be. It, it's always going to be tight. The Monmouth poll in uh, in Pennsylvania is saying that um, Biden is going to outperform Obama in 08. See, so that's just gotta be, like that's it. gotta be, that's insane. And so now, How in the world? And so that's I, not even I really went into that number because I was like, that's insane. That's wild. So I looked through it. The Democrats in Pennsylvania have lost almost 50,000 registered Democrats since 2016. Republicans have gained 157,000 yeah, registered Republican votes, but yet he's still projected to lose by 10 points. I have no idea. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, Pennsylvania is scary to me, though. <laughs> I, no, I, I, no I, I, I posted an article. It, said, it was talking about, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to go in all into depth, but it basically said Trump could win Pennsylvania and still lose the Pennsylvania. Because, really? Yeah, because you can't trust what's going on in Philadelphia. And um, uh, what's the other major city there? Um, You're not going to, what was it? I think it was like 8,000, 8 million people. They, did not because, vote. But see, this is the thing about Trump, it, and, and specifically regarding like New York City, Philadelphia, some of these kind of hard nosed, you know, like like blunt edge cities, right? Like they get guys like him. They understand yeah. guys like him. They don't take him uh, for face value, but and Pittsburgh, when they do, they know when to do it. But and most people and outside of the Northeast don't understand guys yeah, like that true. and how they talk. Yeah, that's true. But but Pittsburgh and that was the other city, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are full, the, the, the supervisor of elections and, and the whole political machine there, it's all controlled by the Dems. Mm -hmm. And they already have, I believe that's one of the states where they already have more, um, they already have more ballots that have been mailed out than actual, and I need to fact check registered myself voters. here, than actual legal age registered voters. It's like, come on Jeez. guys, their voter rolls are not clean. They're one of those states that have loose laws when it comes to turning in the ballots. And you're going to have cars pulling up with ballots in the trunk at 7.05 p.m. And it's going to and it's going to get through. And that's I'm that's going to say that's where it's going to get ugly. That's the, day the concern. Of the election is, so, it's going to yeah. get ugly that way. That that's the concern. People are going to say, well, my ballots are going to be coming in days afterwards. And do you count those ballots? And I think it's the Supreme Court that's going to have to make decisions. And what the American people aren't ready for, I don't think, because you, if you know anything about your There's own, another if, hanging well, well, situation. if you know election law, you probably only know the election law in your state, exactly. right? You know how your state does things. Nobody, all fifty states can have their own different, you know, uh, variations of the election law in the process. But the thing is, is that you've got multiple states that have passed laws, and it's been challenged in court. Some of them have won, some of them haven't. 
that they've extended the time yeah. for the ballots to be counted. Some of them, I think one state's like six days. Uh, like, are you kidding me? So yeah. that one state's going to be hanging on for a week? It's, it's, it's not it's right. It's going to be embarrassing, and people it's are going to lose right. their jobs if it gets that bad. Well, I, two, I, yeah. All right, so two things. Uh, I just wanted to piggyback on Brittany's comment about her grandparents um, because we have uh, one of our own, good friend of ours, Jeffrey Padovani, actually, yeah. um, uh, immigrant from Puerto Rico, voted for president for the first time Woo! and voted there for President Donald J. Trump. Uh, also, um, Hector in the comment section says there's no way Biden has more enthusiasm than Obama. You're absolutely right. I mean, Obama was an anomaly in much the same way that Trump is an anomaly. The excitement from the party and the base of the party, like it was in 08 for Obama, it, I've never, I think there's more enthusiasm now for Trump than there was in 2016. You think so? um, whether that turns into anything, I mean, at least visibly. I did like at a, least I, at least perceptively. I mean, there weren't parades and boat that's parades right, that's and right. caravans, and I mean, certainly not in the city of Miami did you have caravans for Donald Trump up and down Eighth Street. I mean, you okay. know, to see that's that level point. of enthusiasm. I remember Jeffrey. The speaking of, Jew, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but ahead. the acidic Jewish population in Brooklyn yeah. having mass riots in yeah. the streets with yeah. Trump signs and everything else because they're not allowed to worship because what's happening? I have never seen yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. a repudiation. Yeah of Cuomo. Yeah, you know I mean? that's, that's really yeah. what they're getting at. Speaking, so. of, speaking of Jeffrey, um, a couple of years ago when I was running for the state house, Jeffrey was, you know, we're out knocking doors and he's like, bro, you guys need to do caravans. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, yes. you, you, play, you know, play music, you get loudspeakers, you put flags and signs and da, da, da. that's how they campaign in Puerto Rico. I'm like, yeah, uh, that's, I'm like, yeah, that, that doesn't, you know, th these people are just waking up. Like it's Sunday morning or whatever, su uh, Saturday morning. They're not going to be too uh, receptive. That's not well, how we campaign here. Funny but to enough, your point, two years later, we've got caravans yeah. going all over the place all now. All over the yeah. place. Right. And, and, and these new, boat parades, which is kind of cool. Yes. I mean, it's yes. kind of the new thing. I yeah. mean, did you guys see the welcome that the president got in California the other day, though? I didn't see it. New, oh, I think Newport, we had a picture of in it. In Newport Beach. Yeah. Um, and then there was a Trump caravan down the 405. So That's I think awesome. the enthusiasm is there. I just don't know how that translates. Well, to not polls. only Hopefully that, I think, I think it's also that Republicans, conservatives are sick and tired of being quiet. They're sick yeah. and tired of just sitting back and letting the media drive the narrative, the media drive perception. And they're saying, look, we're going to come out and be proud about what we believe in, yeah. um, which, is, again, is something that Republicans have not done in our generation, maybe since Reagan. And it's not like the Democrats can't do what the Republicans are doing. They can do caravans. Like, that's it's very safe. No one's going to get sick. You're in your own car. You buy the flag and everything else. Or you do the boat parade. Or you do what they did in Sun, in Sun City and in the villages where they have the golf carts. And they do that huge thing. <laughs> and you see that everywhere now. And you don't see any of that in the Democrat side. And, well, and, the, like, and, the, and Biden, the Biden golf cart parade that they had, because it made news. It made news. <laughs> it did make news. Because oh, everybody Trump's was like, gonna lose the yeah, villages. oh my gosh, the villages. Here's the Biden parade. I'm like, okay, but that's, but you know what that is, though? That's, that's copycat. Yeah. Which which is just showing you that what the Republicans and what Trump are doing is working. Yeah. Because again, those the, and and so the only thing I could even see remotely would be the the um, when we were having more of like the daily riots that were happening in Portland and those individuals. I could kind of see, yeah, everyone in there is going to vote Democrat. Like that's that's going to happen. And now you see, and then you see the boat rallies, and people are saying the boat rallies are more of a. Uh, 
Republicans are more affluent, so they have the ability to get votes and everything else. It, yeah, I understand yeah. that point, but you, everyone has a car, or at least the majority of people have cars. Or you can just stand on the corner and flag exactly. wave. You don't see that yeah. for Joe Biden like you see for Donald Trump. No. And all of these events, the caravans and the boat parades and the flag waving, they're not organized by the campaign. They are mm -hmm. organized yeah, by citizens who want to get together, who want to show their support. So I really think that it's there. And you can't have enthusiasm for Joe Biden when people make his slogan settle for biden come on <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah, one that yeah. i saw was that not well, president was but like resident resident well, biden it, well it was well, donald trump posted that on resident instagram biden, yeah. it was aoc right that that went on uh whatever instagram or facebook live or whatever and basically told her people like listen i know yeah. you don't like the guy but suck it up and just vote like she basically. doesn't even like the guy no no she doesn't she does. no. and that's why i'm afraid because she's one of those people that are standing behind him and well, they always her, do that. But it will be her well. policies, not Joe Biden doesn't have any policies. If he had a legitimate thought, he would have already submitted it to the Senate for the last 44 years of him being in politics. But again, it's who is actually coming out. I'm looking at just a, a, a pie right now, a pie graph, not an actual pie. <laughs> that says that almost 30% of the country didn't vote, of eligible voters did not vote last election. Now, do you think Biden is going to energize 30% of no. the electorate? That didn't vote to come out to vote for him. Glor I don't see Gloria it. says uh, talking about the the Biden uh, uh, in villages, the 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 golf well, carts. Well, that's because the snowboard snowbirds right. are back. Well, that's a good <laughs> yeah. point. I mean, oh, yeah. that's because they're coming down from up north. They're settling in and they're here, but they're they're either well, I guess they're probably voting in Florida. I guess I don't know. Well, uh, let me go ahead and reset the show. Thank you everybody for watching the Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Again, thank you to our special guest Brenton Jean joining us today from. Turning Point USA uh, and uh, just a local activist really kind of uh, coming out into her own and uh, wanted to invite her on just to give her perspective because she's been really active this election cycle. Joe Wicker joining us, Anibal Cabrera as always. We've been talking about uh, ACB, the election polls, and we're going to kind of shift uh, here just a little bit to uh, a... Uh, you know, one of these issues that Be you, you got to wonder, how is it? Yeah. How is it reaching people? Is it going to make any kind of an impact? Um, uh, do people even really care? Because honestly, the people that don't like the president uh, don't dislike him because of policy. They dislike him because of his personality and the yeah. things that he says and the things that he posts on Twitter. Uh, and so when you're talking about Hunter Biden and his relationship with not only Eastern European countries, but even Asian countries and the access that he's allegedly been uh, giving to uh, or had given to the vice president, um, you know, back when uh, uh, Biden was in office, um, you know, it, again, now there's supposedly a second laptop that allegedly was found by the Ukrainian government. I mean, this, oh the story's God. getting oh, weirder. That, that I haven't heard of. Well, the story's only getting weirder because the first one was that Hunter Biden apparently left his computer to be repaired, and then this guy found it, and uh, and then like he, or he somehow never, he went never through came it. to pick he it up. Never or came he, to pick it up. He never yeah. came right. to pick it up. The guy sees the files on there and gets concerned, and he turns it over right. to the FBI. And then the, and then the FBI does nothing. And so he gives it to. And so he's like Giuliani's. Gave it to a senator, I think Mike Lee's office. Gave it to a senator. And, and then, then and why then not the authorities? And, and then, that's the weird. He did. Part. No, he, he, did. Gave he gave it to, it to the FBI to the, oh, months it, ago, it, and kept a copy of yeah. the hard drive. Gave it to the FBI months ago, and they did nothing apparently. Of course. Um, and so he gave it to Senator Mike Lee, I think, from Utah, and then and then I think nothing really happened there, and so he gave it to Rudy Giuliani, yeah. knowing that at this point he's going to tell Trump something. 
By it's, the way, I picked the most flattering <laughs> Hunter Biden picture I could find. No, don't. You know, I my don't. <laughs> I will, I will say this. Uh -huh. I think it is very disturbing to read the emails and the text messages of how they're talking about where money is going. And then there's X amount going to buy, uh, to Hunter Biden yeah. and then X going to Big Poppy or like there's another. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. weird because you're like, OK, so then who is that additional person that it's going to? Because well, we all yeah. know that money is being funneled some way into yeah. the Biden into the Biden household. Because you don't, again, you're in Washington for that long, and now you're a multimillionaire with multiple houses and everything else on you know, a salary as a, of less than $100,000. As a father, as a father of, I have a young son, six years old. I mean, you do the best you can as a parent. You're not, you know, you're not responsible for everything. I mean, people sure. become adults and they make their own choices. So my heart kind of goes out to Joe Biden a little bit in regards to his son having a massive drug problem and just all the personal issues he has. Um, that sucks, right? And but at the same time, you know, he's kind of enabled it in the sense that Correct. he's sending his son. And look, a father getting their son a job when they're eighteen. I mean, that's that's one that's thing. Normal. You call yeah. up your friends and you say, "Hey, give my boy a job," right? Yeah. And and you get him his first job and he gets going in the world or whatever. But we're talking about forty plus year old, forty five year old grown men here who are basically being sent to China. To, because it's illegal, it would be illegal if, if the vice president did it. Correct. But the vice president can send his son, and the next thing you know, he's getting ownership of companies and being told, okay, I'm holding 10% for the big guy. Well, I'm sorry, what? So you you have ownership? The, somebody gave you a company, or you, you somehow have investors, and you're holding 10% for your dad for when he gets out? Like, but some of that stuff's not even illegal. That's the problem. It's not illegal. Some of it's, it's not it illegal. looks horrible, but, but it's terrible. It's obviously, illegal. well, obviously you're compromised. And so Trump has spent f almost four years now being told that he's done wrong with Ukraine, that he's compromised this, that, and the other, and constant stuff about Russia. Come to find out, all of that was just projection. All of that was just the Democrats knowing that Biden was dirty and trying to accuse Trump of literally everything that Biden and his son have been doing this whole time. Correct. Yeah. Well, and, and obviously, it's so far, there's a lot of people dismissing it as conspiracy and that this is somehow manipulated and this is, you know, trying to discredit the whole the whole thing, right? Actually, I, um, I but, but the details on it are way too specific and accurate as yeah. to the players involved and the way that they're talking about things and access and, you know, for, I mean, the amount of hours and resources it would have taken to, to even manipulate, to kind of conjure up something like this i think is but is, is it going to make a difference is no. it going to matter i don't think no. so. I don't it's think not so. going to matter i think it's i think it depresses the vote i think it i, I think it hurts biden i think it hurts biden from the sense of saying well hey maybe this guy's is just you know as is, is just as corrupt as we we think donald trump is and you know and and give them further you know, reduce a loss of faith in the whole process. And that's Sorry, the thing. Not there. The, right. You know, the excitement is there for the Republican side. You know, the excitement is not there. If anything, it's the hatred for Trump that is driving yeah. the Democrats yeah. to do yeah. it. Yeah. So if you get, and you have that percentage of Democrats that are just going to vote D because they always vote D. But if you have the ability to depress that vote a little bit, it helps in the larger scale of things. I mean, and if I all do. the racist stuff that uh, Biden said, you know, when he was a Senator didn't hurt him. I mean, <laughs> certainly this isn't going to do uh, much, uh, but I, I think it, it will hurt him a little bit. Sorry, Brittany, go ahead. No, it's okay. I do think that the whole censorship talk coming mm. out of this entire story 
sorry, will motivate those Republicans that were kind of on the fence of Donald Trump or not. I think that this might motivate them to go ahead and vote for him because nobody wants, to, you know, everybody wants to fight big tech. Nobody wants to be censored. And this is a, um, you know, this is something that he said he would take on and he is going full steam ahead to fight big tech. And even if you don't agree with him on a lot of other things, this could push more Republicans to the poll that way. I don't think that the story about Hunter Biden will stop Democrats from voting. But Brittany, do you feel like a lot of people are, are, are checking out are, on younger folks that is are checking out and just doing the third party libertarian thing? I mean, are they, uh, I do. I do know some friends that said they're going to write in somebody or they're yeah. just not going to vote for president. You know, they want to go out and mm -hmm. they want to vote for the senators and the congressmen, but they do not want to vote for president. And they're either not voting for it or they're writing somebody in or, you know, something like this happens. And at the very last minute, they're deciding when they're standing there, okay, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, look, and, and, and you social? mentioned the Libertarian Party. I mean, Joe Jorgensen was actually in town uh, late yep. last week. Yeah. Did anybody hear about it? No. Well, the media blacks um, it out, though. But the they media did. blacks it out, too. I mean, and shout out to my friend Laura Hartman, who was actually there. She got to speak uh, in front of the group that showed up. And that's the only reason um, why I even knew that they were there, because of her social media Yeah, you would push. think that you would hear it. Well, and then it. she tells me, you know, that uh, one of our local media outlets here, Bay News 9, showed up, which is uh, owned by Spectrum, uh, showed up. Got a bunch of footage, talked to people. They were all excited about it. Never posted the story. Of course not. Of course not. Um, but I will, going back to the censorship, that is, I don't know why people haven't learned this rule already. You don't tell the internet not to do something. Yeah. The moment you tell yes. the internet not yes. to do something, yeah. it makes it a yeah. bigger issue. Yeah. Yeah. So again, and like with Nixon, it's not the act that got him in trouble. It's right. the cover up that got him right. in trouble. So well, with, didn't they? Didn't Twitter uh, go back today and say that they're going to yeah. let it? Yeah. So didn't it they? doesn't Which matter. Actually, it funny doesn't, enough, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But they're just going to fact check it and say this is out of context. I mean. It doesn't well, matter. The damage is already and, done. And then you see it on an even bigger scale with the debate commission saying, you know, moving away from that whole foreign policy they're focus. Not, they're not going to talk foreign policy. No, they're policy. not going to talk foreign oh, policy. Right, they, now, that oh, came out today. Right, this and was then supposed you to be the foreign policy debate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this you was go, supposed to be the foreign policy you know, debate. It's, this is supposed to be a bipartisan commission that right. is now... You know, going we've achieved to world peace, y'all. We don't need to talk about it <laughs> anymore. Well, Bob Dole, yes, which I, was I mean, that. I mean, look, okay. I, I think it's funny <laughs> when I see guys like this come out because if anybody's establishment, it, it would be somebody like Bob Dole who served a long time in the Senate. Now, I I, I like Bob Dole a lot, okay, and Bob Dole's going to win the selection. Yeah, yeah, Bob yeah, Dole's yeah, going to yeah. change the country. Always talking to himself about himself in the third person, and <laughs> and I mean, maybe I just have an affinity for him because the guy bled for his country, but. Um, but, you know, he came out and said, hey, wait a minute. He's like, I know the, the Republicans that are on the commission are my friends, and I know that they're against Trump, which I, either he's just being honest or is Bob Dole like a closet, like Trump, like MAGA hat wearing? Because I, mean, I would love to see Bob Dole come out with like I'm a MAGA look, the hat. Reality is, is the reality is, is that he sees what's happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he understands the mechanics of what happens behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, he knows what's And up. he realizes that they are literally changing the rules day by day to, to again, try to put Trump at a disadvantage. And he's probably and a stand-up enough guy. He's probably a stand-up enough guy to say, win or lose, the rules need to be fair. Yeah. yeah. And Bob Dole was inside pop culture when he was in the Senate. I mean, I Was he? Yes. So there, and I'm loving I get to bring this up. 
Bob Dole was referenced in the birdcage during the wedding at the end because the drag queens were looking at him and they're like, Bob Dole is gorgeous. And it's a, a, it's a hilarious <laughs> line. It's a throwaway line, but you're like, oh, and man. like at my age, at that age, I'm like, who's Bob Dole? And like he you became, do the research and everything else. But he's, he's. He was also a, a kind of one of the more classic SNL characters. Yes. Uh, you know, I think he probably yeah, was yeah, one yeah, of the political that's characters. Right. That's yeah. right. He was. He was. He was. Uh, Parodied a lot. But yeah, again, Norm MacDonald was the one who typically it's, played it's him. Yes, not, that's right. It's not Hunter Biden that's going to be the story. It's the fact that the Senate and the FCC have already said that they're going to change the rule, not change the rules, but going to reinterpret the rules to figure out if Facebook, if Twitter, if all these other platforms are doing what they're supposed to do. Are they publishers or are they just a free platform? They're publishers the now. Yeah. Because this is where the now. law, and this is probably where you're going to be able to come in. Because, like, what are the ramifications when you can be sued by anyone now for what libel? Oh yeah, libel. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's not going to be good. <laughs> I can't give any advice yet. I don't know. Well, why don't why don't they just? Why, I, I I do not understand why companies go down this route. You have a platform. Keep keep like kitty porn off of it. Anything that's like flat out illegal or whatever like that. Keep that off. Right. And mm -hmm. other than that, let people talk about whatever yeah. crazy right. stuff they're talking about. If someone's a wacko, yeah. everyone's going to know they're a wacko. Well, let and actually, go. this kind of leads me into our, our next topic. Um, you know, and so, which is when they brought up the QAnon stuff in the Trump Town Hall. It, you know, the, his, his reaction or his answer should be like. Who cares where people yeah. are getting their information? That's up to them. That is their decision to inform themselves however yeah. they see fit. And it is not the government's responsibility. It is not Facebook or Twitter's responsibility to determine whether or not that's a valuable or a valid uh, source of information. Well, and that's how the platforms got got immunity because they basically said just that, right? They said, hey, we're it's not our job and we can't be held liable for every single person and what they post. So you got to give us uh, immunity to that, and they got it, and now they're responsible for everything that gets posted because they're basically filtering it through. They're publishing. Mm -hmm. By the way, I love our comment section. Shout out to Christine Jennings, longtime friend watching the show, uh, mentioning Bob Dole's 97 years old. That wow. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, little, there you go. A little applause for Bob will Dole. He get, will he lie in state? I wonder. I would I, guess I would so. Probably. probably. Right, Senate president? He will. He Senate will. president, yeah. Senate president, president, presidential candidate. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to make we're going to make it happen. We have yeah. power here. <laughs> All right, thank you everybody for watching the yard sign uh, again. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the audio version of our podcast on Google, Spotify, uh, and what Google Spot and Apple. Why do I keep forgetting Apple? Speaking of which, super excited about the iPhone 12, but that's a whole nother show. <laughs> um, we are now, like as I said, getting into our final topic of the day, uh, running a little long. But thank you again to Joe, Brittany, and Anibal for joining us on the show today. Dueling town halls. We had uh, Trump and Biden. Biden, both uh, doing town halls instead of what we were hoping was going to be another debate, especially in Miami. That would have been really interesting. Um, and uh, hopefully, I think we'll get one more debate out of this cycle. Jeffrey said, talk about 50 it's all Cent. Said. What did 50 Cent oh, do? 50 Cent. What did he do? I don't know if it was an official endorsement, but he posted on his Instagram and his Twitter like just a few hours ago. Oh, he did? Um, a, a picture of um, Joe Biden's tax plan. And he said, 
oh, you know, F no, vote for <laughs> Trump. Like 62% in the state of New York is ridiculous. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you've got 50 cents. he had some money Ice problems tea. too, didn't he? I mean, didn't yeah. he? Ice Cube. Ice Cube. I always Ice say Ice Cube. Cube came out. Well, Cube, well, Cube was just like, hey, look, I'm, I've been working on some oh. stuff. I'm I'm trying to work on stuff here. And His the Dems don't even want to talk. was legit. Like, he was like, I don't, I'm going to talk to whoever's in power. Yeah. Like, I could care less as yeah. long as we get our, what we get, what we want. And I'm thinking to myself, that conversation needs to be had more in the in the black community because they've been they've been voting these same people in every single cycle right. for their cities and their states and what has happened? Well, and, nothing. And 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 Cube, look, I mean, we all know how he got it, how he got started in NWA and whatnot, but but Cube's a businessman now, mm-hmm. and he has been for a long time. Makes family and, films, and when you're a businessman. <laughs> When you're a businessman, you're gonna good. be you're gonna be pragmatic, and whoever's in charge, you're gonna sit down. If you can make a positive change, what difference does it make? Correct. If if you're trying to if you're trying to help out your community, what difference does it make? Who it is that is able to help you get legislation? The Democrats passed? don't want that though. The Democrats don't. They want it to them to. And I'm gonna say the black community to fear Republicans yes. to yes. fear that concept. Remember, um, Hillary or is it Hillary Obama said that. Romney was going to put people back in chains. So, like, these yeah. are no, things, Biden, no, Biden said, that. said that. Biden, Biden said, said that. that. So, like, <clears throat> it's a constant yeah. reminder that they want to just alienate us as Republicans. Well, remember, Biden. Well, said but you this ain't is black. you know, you as ain't, a you, you ain't, ain't black, black. Yeah. as a kind of nod to our guest uh, Brittany here. I mean, what's been amazing is the the conservative influencer space. You know, that has just exploded with a lot of minorities coming out and and basically trying to re-educate people and saying, hey, look, you're not paying attention. Like, don't even, I'm not telling you who to vote for. Just do the research. And I think that's what Ice Cube was trying to say. And that's why there's so many people out there that they're, they're actually taking a moment to say, you know what? Yeah, let me look up some stuff on my own. And they're starting to come across the information and educate themselves in a way that they've never been able to before. And that's why, I mean, it's not a tidal wave. It's not a huge movement. But I think the needle is starting to move in the other direction because people are realizing wow, yeah, there's a reason why, you know, we've never made any progress, you know, or the progress that we've wanted to make. And that's because we keep voting in the same people cycle after cycle. There's an argument that one of the reasons, uh, main reasons why the Democrats want illegal immigration is because they need voters. Because they, they can't convince the people that are already here. They can't grow their base it anymore. Didn't, it didn't work with and, the Puerto And they're Rican losing, vote. right. And they're losing, they're actually losing their base. They're losing Hispanics. They're losing blacks. And if you start doing that, you're going to lose a lot of elections. And so they're trying to, they need illegal immigration because they need voters. Yeah, but I will go back to the influencers. The coalition of young um, professionals that are on that are on Twitter, that are on YouTube, that are on Instagram, and whatever additional stuff. That I have no idea what's. My wife only lets me be on one platform at a time, and I, I, yes, honey. So, um, but that's growing so quickly, and it's allowing for us to get into these communities that we would never have gone to. No, it is, and I, I have a lot of friends that are in the space that are, you know, people of color or they're part of the LGBTQ community, and they get involved from seeing, you know, walk, the walk away mm-hmm. movement on a Twitter video or they watch a PragerU video and they're like, oh, wow, I really need to think about this. Let me do some research. And I have seen it growing. I didn't really start posting anything political until this summer. And my accounts have grown exponentially since then. So there are people that are our age that want to learn about it. They want to be involved in something as simple as a follow on Twitter or a follow on Instagram. They don't have to come out and say, 
I'm a conservative. I believe these principles because nobody really looks at Correct. who you're following on social media. So that is like their little, you know, it's our safe space where mm -hmm. we can engage and we can be involved with people. And like you said, I my DMs are flooded with people that you would have never guessed are conservatives or they're pro-life or, you know, they believe something. They don't feel like they can say it or whatever, but they'll loud. DM you, yeah. Yeah, but that's why those channels are so important. Having people like DC Drano, having people like the the Brokeback uh, Brokeback Patriots, having Log Cabin um, Republicans, those are the groups that are starting to build bigger and bigger. The Walk Away campaign that mm -hmm. is such an inspiration to see how. And I know people that it was easier for them to come out as gay than it was for them to come out as a conservative. Well, it's just the way that the the left um, labels conservatives that are minorities mm -hmm. or conservatives that are part of the LGBT community, they are mean yes. and oh, they yeah. are vicious yeah. and You're they threaten traitor. violence. Yeah. And like, yeah. I get it. Okay. You know, I identify, I guess as white, even though my dad is a Muslim immigrant from Africa, I still put white on everything. And the, what I get just being, you know, a white female conservative, the hate messages mm -hmm. and the threats, like you should go kill yourself. Like these people are mean. And if you are already struggling with, yeah. um, you know, your sexuality or your space in, in this country, and then people say those things to you, yeah. even if you're a very strong person, like it takes a toll on you. And that is something that should not be acceptable. Kids. I worry about young kids having to deal with that. I can't even imagine, can't imagine when you're like 13, 14, you're all insecure. You don't even know what's going yeah. on. You got people telling you, go kill yourself. Like, like, nobody, well, not nobody, to get nobody, too far off topic, but that's why, that. that's why childhood rates of suicide have just exploded yeah. because you can't yeah. get away from it. Look, I mean, I was yeah. somebody who went, who I was, even though I was the minor, even though I, I am a minority, I was considered white in the school that I went to. And so I was the one getting jumped in the bathroom, getting beat up, getting stuff stolen, you know, week after week. But it ended once I got on that school bus and went home. Now you can't escape yeah. it because now it follows you on TikTok and it follows you on Instagram and it follows you on Facebook. And that never shuts off. I mean, we're starting to see more TV shows and movies talk about the effect that that's having. Um, Social but, dilemma, but it's that, that it's because like, I, haven't I haven't seen, seen it yet. that yet, but it's that it's that it's the fact that it never stops. Well, and and, Johnny, you got you've got, you know, uh, your, your daughter's how old? Four. Yeah. And so, you know, I have a six, a four, and a two, and I'm just sitting here thinking, like, what is the future? I know in 10 years it's going to be because it moves so fast, but I'm just sitting here thinking, like, so what are the boundaries? Like, what what is healthy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, there's yeah. just so much that you don't even know. And right speaking now. about the younger age group, there is a big movement on TikTok of conservative TikTokers. They have, you know, okay. this page called the Republican Hype House, mm -hmm. and there are a couple of them. And Mario they are Lopez. 15, 16 <laughs> years old. Like, they are not voting age, but they are involved with conservative groups on campus. That's cool. They um, There's a girl here in Tampa that is a part of one of them, and she came and spoke at... Um, a meeting that I was at and they are young kids in high school that are, That's you know, cool. posting this conservative mm -hmm. content and they are blowing up. Yeah. CJ Pearson kind of came up young with so the is, same is TikTok you know, surviving. Are they getting shut down? It got well, sold to an American yeah, subsidiary. It's, it's fine. Okay. Fine, so it got, it got sold off to an American company. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Okay. 
<laughs> we're not getting sued by <laughs> TikTok. I will say this though: the Tampa Bay. It's so weird because the Tampa Bay area is starting to become like a an incubator it for is. people this keep moving kind of here. Social media. Oh yeah, and we're loving it. We again, we were at Ferg's watching the Game Seven for the Rays, and the amount of people that were there that we knew of that were of the conservative social media movement and that they were just sitting around and people talking to them and people like asking for inter, um, um, signs and like to be signed um, signatures was insane and it's so interesting to see how that's moving forward and how we need to make sure that we continue to foster that community yes. and let them continue to grow because now in social media you can be anywhere and well, you just I have to have a home base. I was going to ask uh, if the dueling town halls had any impact, but obviously we're not even talking about it. So, so the way <laughs> I will say, this. say that's a no. I will say this: when it came to the dueling um, um, interviews, it was basically which moderator was meaner and who had the better oh, the better questions. So, they were so lame. Yeah, yeah, but was, but, just, but you have to you have to think about this: why was there little to no fallout from the town hall that Trump was in? Because, because he actually made a lot of progress. Yeah, he, he did, came yeah, out he did, and he Savannah took on Savannah Guthrie, yeah, and yep. he basically, especially when he hit, when she hit him, and he was waiting for it, he knew it was going to come. When she hit him with the with with the uh, denouncing of racism uh, joke, a uh, joke. Uh, well, it was a joke of a question, um, but but the question and the fact that he repeatedly, I mean, basically, he just like I denounce it, I denounce it, I denounce it. Like, I mean, uh, basically, until she, you know got quiet about it you know it's like he shut the whole thing down it's like look it's a ridiculous question there's my answer i've given it to you six times now let's move on and i think that's what people said man if people go back and watch this it's only going to help him yeah i wished he would have answered the the 400 million dollar debt a little bit easier i don't that that's where that's where i i i know you can't have your cake and eat it too but i wish trump was a little bit more of a politician in the sense that he would prepare a little bit better because people that own a home most likely uh depending on how old they are have a mortgage the guy's got properties that are in total worth like over five billion dollars to have 400 million dollars loaned you know in loans is not a big deal, big deal for that size of or it's all relative. Right. All right. the guy has to do is say, "Listen, I'm a businessman. I got a bunch of properties. Some of them are mortgaged. Some of them are not. If you had a home that was worth 150k and you owed a hundred thousand on it, is that a big deal? It's not. Okay. So I, you know, Trump has even less debt. His is the equivalent of having a home that's like worth two hundred thousand and only owing twenty five k on it. Like that is not even a, an issue. Yeah. And like again, they're trying to make it an issue. Like somehow he's beholden to. Somebody. And what's really come out of the debate, I will say this, is the, and again, it's the minutia, but it's the tax plans. That's really been what yeah. people have been hitting. And you see people posting it. Thank you, um, Parker, for sending that to us. Like, she just sent us uh, D.C. Drano's top um, tax rates per state, California, New York, and, uh, and the all 50 that. That's the post and that's that the 50 cents. came out with. Yeah. And, so, and that just tells you, look, they're thinking about the larger picture. What helps the black community is black business owners investing in the black community. You don't want gentrification in those neighborhoods. You want the black neighborhoods to do what and needs to get And the income done. tax. I wish, I wish people would understand that when, when you're taxing rich people that you might think, oh, it's just rich people, whatever. But the income tax itself is the most damaging of all taxes mm. because it does not hurt, not that taxes are supposed to hurt people, but it doesn't hurt the rich people 
it hurts the people trying to get rich. Correct. When you're struggling, you're making decent money, you're not rich, you're not poor, so you're in that middle and you're paying taxes and there's no way around it. You don't have a bunch of investments. You don't have a bunch of ways to kind of move money around. Off, All yeah. you have is that paycheck, that W-2. Yeah. And you're paying a straight percentage on it and there's no way for you to hide it. Guess what? That hurts the people that are trying to get rich. And that's why I wish people my age would really understand. And my boyfriend tells me this all the time, right? Yet raising taxes on the rich, right? Okay. Everyone agrees well, yeah, that you should do that, but you can't tax the money that they already have. You can Correct. only tax the money that they're going to make. And most of them, they don't have a normal income like the middle-class workers. So taxing, even if oh, I'm only going to raise yeah. tax on people that make more than $400,000, which we all know it's going to affect people that make less Correct. than that. But yeah. so doctors, right? You're going to tax the doctors. You're going to take half of their income when they are working, you know, their lives away as a doctor and everyone thinks that they're wealthy when you really want to get at the people that have millions and millions of dollars and you're, that's not going to happen. Yeah, And it takes them 15, 20 years to pay off their student loans. Exactly. Yeah. So like people my age need to realize that just because you're taxing the rich, you can't, you're not taxing the money that they already have. You're only taxing the money that they make. And even yeah. if the tax rate is 15%, even if it's something that seems reasonable, Again, when you're making 50K, 75K, 100K, and you don't have all these different financial vehicles to, to utilize like you're talking about with, with rich people, you know, you can do, you can't escape it. You're constantly paying that income tax. And it, so it doesn't just hurt, it doesn't really hurt the rich people. It hurts the people trying to get rich. It's one of the worst things you could ever do is to take a percentage of someone's labor and take it away from them. That's, that's the worst thing you can do. And the bottom line is, and I, this is why I do not understand why young people, lower class, middle class, I don't understand why anybody votes for Democrats if for no other reason that they're going to take more of your money. Well, look at the example of California. <clears throat> they're going to start, they're going to increase taxes because there's such a bad deficit in California. And it's not the fact that they're going to increase taxes. It's the fact that you cannot trust them to do right by the money that you're going to give more. Just, just giving more money and throwing it into a fire is going to do nothing all but make the fire do, even worse. All you have to do is ask a Democrat one question. How much of every dollar that I earn do I deserve to keep? Correct. Ask that question. They don't have an answer. Right. But I'll tell you what they'll say. They'll say, well, I want people to pay their fair share. Somebody please tell me what my Ooh. fair share is so I can pay it and you'll shut up. Well, what is my fair share? Because I'm ready to pay it and shut you up. <laughs> and to uh, and to paraphrase uh, newly uh, outed Donald Trump supporter Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson, um, <laughs> what I love about this country is breaking that news: you can get rich side. or die trying. That's right. <laughs> um, that's right. More money, more problems. That's right. So on that note, wrong rapper, but thanks. Oh no, that's um, P Diddy, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's yeah. P Diddy. Uh, who He's actually a came out He's and definitely a Republican. no, he came out really strong against uh, Trump. Actually, yeah, P. Diddy. Um, really? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He's, he did the vote or die, right? P. Diddy led the. Yeah, and then he always, he yeah, did the back in the day, vote or die. Yeah, but somebody day. pieced somebody pieced the P. Diddy interview, him bashing Trump, and then right next to it, put like a whole collage of pictures with him and Trump, uh, <laughs> oh, which I thought yeah. was hysterical. Yeah. I love yeah. it that Trump was one of the uh, was in like a hundred and twenty rap songs for forty yeah. years. <laughs> for forty years, the man's been rich and famous, and everybody loved him until. Yep. He registered to run as a Republican against Hillary Clinton, and then he That's became right. the worst man on the planet. He won the NAACP award with Rosa Parks. Like, there's a picture of him and Rosa oh Parks next to each other. It's oh. all bull. 
All right. Thanks again uh, to Joe Wicker, <laughs> Brittany Jean, and Anibal Cabrera for joining us on today's show. Uh, I didn't want to end today's show without at least really quickly, because we're already over time going through these constitutional amendments. We've had a lot of people asking us for guidance on these. Uh, some of them are pretty plain and simple. But uh, again, you know, um, of course, the government makes nothing plain and simple. So we actually are going to pull these up for you. Um, and there you go. You get to see uh, first is Amendment 1 and 3. So 1 is... Uh, which I don't under, I don't understand why this is even on here, but it basically says that only United States citizens who are at least 18 years of age, permanent resident of Florida, registered to vote, uh, shall be qualified to vote in, an, in a Florida election. I think this is more of just putting a stake in the ground in terms of not lowering the the voting age like they want to do in, in some parts of the country. Is that because citizenship, you have to, but you can, can you get citizenship prior to 18? No, yeah. so if you're I naturalized, think, you become a citizen. Before I think that the question in this amendment mostly is the word citizen. United, yeah, United States, States citizens. Citizen. I think that's the who big are, question. Who are at is least what eighteen they years add. of age. No, like Johnny's saying though, who are at least eighteen years of age. So I so, wonder if it's more about so the voting this, age, like, right? Or or because and right. a permanent resident of Florida. I mean, again, it's a no-brainer. I, I don't it's, understand. I, I don't even yes. understand what's controversial. Well, it's called the citizenship requirement to vote. So you have to be a United States citizen. But again, I don't see I thought how, that was already the law. So right. It's saying, but so, it's going to enshrine it in the Constitution, which means that it'll be much harder for any legislative back. body to change it. I mean, a legislative body could maybe currently change the law. Hector is saying, yes, you can be naturalized uh, under the age of 18. And then the greater um, Florida Republican Party is saying that you should vote yes for one. Yes. Well, once you become a citizen, you get the right to vote. Period. I mean, yeah, so period. What's the, yeah. Well, I don't technically, understand. you know when you become a citizen, unless you are also over the age of 18, then yes, you right. can vote. Right. Okay. 17, you can register. All right. Since uh, Amendment <laughs> 3 is up there, let's go ahead and pick that one apart. Uh, all voters vote in primary elections for state legislator, governor, no. and cabinet. No. Nope. And so no. uh, this is basically an open primary amendment, correct? Jungle no. primary. Yeah. Basically, they want to, they're, they're trying to, Take away the the current stronghold that Republicans Should Protestants have on our nominate state legislature. the next Catholic Pope. I want to. I mean, do the Protestants get to pick the Pope? I would like to. No, be they able don't to pick the Pope. So Republicans shouldn't be picking. To, it exactly, is not right. Exactly. It is. It is not right for me as a Republican to be able to go into the Democratic Party's election and determine who their nominee is. Their that nominee is wrong. Is correct. And if I because if you want to vote in that party, then go be a part of that party. Not to disenfranchise yeah. independents. I'm, I'm with them on that. But no. Exactly. I got I into a few arguments last cycle with people being upset that they couldn't vote in the primaries. And I made the simple question, then get involved. If you want to involved. vote for a Republican, what's the problem? Yeah. Go, right. go join the party or Democrat, whatever you want to do. And you can easily switch You're, back and forth every single time. It's not that difficult No, it's easy to switch, to switch yeah. back and yeah. forth. Yeah. Oh, wait, going back to the First Amendment real fast. So... Amendment number one currently states the Florida Constitution, um, every citizen of the United States. So it's changing the word every citizen to only a citizen. That's what that's what the vote is on. Oh, good catch. The rest of it's the same. What? Good job. I'm sorry, I missed So it, it currently All? says every citizen of the United States who is right. at least 18 years of age. So this and changes they want to it to, to, Flor to only Florida a resident. citizen. No, so it's just changing the word every citizen to only a citizen. So huh. Okay, lawyer. I mean, okay, law student. Tell, tell me that <laughs> the language matters. I mean, matters. language matters. She has nine <laughs> weeks above all. Every of us. only. 
that is like years in okay. I, she can practice tomorrow all right number two is also a big no raising the florida's uh, minimum wage uh, most people most people this is the dirty secret is that most people are already making above minimum wage I would, I would uh, like this to is, this is this uh, is yes as an employer being, as an employer right what people don't realize that Johnny was just talking about is that the majority of people that are earning minimum wage are white middle class and upper class kids under the age of 24 who live at home that's the majority of people that are earning the minimum wage they're working at Chick-fil-A they're getting their first job and whatnot if you imagine a ladder that has a bottom rung, that first step you take. If you raise the minimum wage to 15 like they're doing, then no employer has any reason whatsoever to give somebody a shot when they're first getting started. If you have to pay an inflated wage, you will go out and only pay that to somebody that already has experience. As an employer, I have never paid minimum wage because it's pretty low in Florida. I've never paid minimum wage. The market and Trump's economy has been causing me to have to increase wages to attract talent. And so that's happening already. And the market will take care of itself. But I promise you, if we raise the minimum wage, and I'm, I'm worried about it, I promise you that employers will do one of a few things. And it, and it won't be because they're, they're nice or they're not nice or they're mean or they don't care. It'll just be based on math. And that is um, they will either cut the hours of the people that they have so that they can afford to pay higher, so that the math levels out. They will choose not to hire the person that they were thinking about hiring because they can't afford to pay it at that time. The owner or owners themselves will just say, I'll bust the table. I'll, I'll do that job. I'll just, I'll take the trash out. I'm not going to pay somebody 15 bucks to do that. I'll just, I don't need a kid. I'll just knock it out myself. How many business owners you do know, you know that are already doing that already because doing of sure. the environment of, econ of the economic environment right or, now? Yeah. Or, or what will happen is, is even worse, people that need that first job simply won't get it because the business owner is going to say, well, if I have to pay that wage, I'm going to hold out for a person that's actually got some experience. So none of those situations are good for young people. They're not good for the unskilled people. You know who it's also not good for? It's not good for unskilled young minorities that are trying to get that first job. To uh, and, and anybody, whether regardless of what your race is, um, certainly like in a rural area too, um, if, you, if the economy is already weak there and there's not a lot of jobs, that makes it even worse for those people to be able to get that so important first job. So the way I usually spin it to my Democrat friends that don't understand econo economics or don't understand how business works is that this amendment does one thing and one thing only. It hurts the poor. That's all yes, it does. It absolutely. hurts the poor and those that do not have the education to be able to get that first step on the ladder. And that's all that this does is just hurt the poor. I, I hired a UT student. She sent me an email through the website, said, hey, I want to work with seniors. I don't have any certification, I, but it's something I'm really interested in doing. You know, she's looking for extra hours. She's looking to build a resume. She wants some patient care hours. She might be interested in doing something with that. And I know I kind of responded and was like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't hire a lot of, you know, people that just do companion type stuff, but uh, let's talk about it. And so I talked to her real quick. I said, all right, fine, come on in for an interview. She came in, interviewed well. I said, what's your expectation? She was like, I'm probably just going to make minimum wage. I said, I'm not going to pay you minimum wage. I'm going to pay you more than that. But if you want to get started, this is what we'll do. And I was able to find a client that really didn't require much, okay? And it's working out great. The client likes her. She likes what she's doing. She's got this first job in the industry. 
if I was required to pay her $15 an hour, because I have certified nurses aides that are not making that, there's no way I would have ever hired her. Yep. So. Yep. All right. So a big no. <laughs> Brittany, did you want to add anything? Um, no, just the same thing. Like I got a job as a legal secretary, um, you know, right before I applied to law school and I didn't have any experience at all. And I, you know, met this attorney and I said, Hey, you know, I'm really interested in going to law school. I'd really like a, a job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he said, okay, sure. Well, and I didn't know this at the time, but he was getting interviews. Yeah. From, you know, people that had 20 years experience and he, you know, he wanted to give me that opportunity because I he knew I wanted to yeah. go to law school. And like you're saying, without you know, raising the minimum wage, he would have had to pay me more than he's paying these highly experienced, yeah. you know, legal secretaries now. And he wouldn't have given me that chance. And then who knows, I might not have gotten to law school. <laughs> and, and real quick, one more thing is that, is that your uh, your acknowledgement of, hey, listen, I'm, I'm young, I don't have a lot of experience, but I'm super excited, I'm motivated, I want to do this. Your ability to negotiate your own wage, that's, that's the power that mm -hmm. you have, is your ability to walk in and say, I might not have experience, but I tell you what, give me a shot, I, I don't need that much money, let me get going. And the last thing about that is, is that, um, most of the time, if you're a young person and you happen to be listening, do not focus on money. Those first few jobs right. are not about money. You just want to get in. You just want the experience. Yep. The money comes later. Don't worry about the money. Get the job for minimum wage or a little bit more and get in there like you did. Get in. Or more, or oftentimes you're going to realize that the job sucks or the industry sucks, <laughs> and and you're going to be like, okay, yeah, yeah don't want to do that, no matter and, what they pay, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, so a big no on uh, number two. Let me go ahead and uh, scroll over here to find. Oh, we did uh, one, two, three, right? Yep. Is that that it? Oh no, there's four. Uh, so let's scroll down over to number four. We'll pull that up, and we're like way over time. But uh, okay, uh, voter approval constitutional amendments. Yes. 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 It requires all proposed amendments or revisions to the state constitution to be approved by voters in two elections instead of one in order to take effect. The proposal applies to current thresholds. Yeah. I think I, one of the things that I love about our constitution, um, especially given how divided we are these days, is how deliberate everything is. You know, the numbers are set in at certain benchmarks because it's supposed to be difficult to get there, to get those 60 votes, to get, you know, that two thirds vote. Like it's, it's, it's so brilliantly designed and because it's supposed to be deliberate, you're not supposed to rush into things like we did after some of these school shootings, like we do after any tragedy, you know, I mean, think about it. If they would have had something like this in place after nine 11, would we have a Homeland security, you know, right, which right. is, which again was massive government expansion. Would we have uh, Obamacare, you know, if it was again, a, maybe a more deliberate process. Uh, and so, especially here in Florida, I think, you know, this is, this is a good rule to have. The U S constitution has been changes to the U S constitution amendments to the U.S. Constitution have been proposed something like 20, 30,000 times. Yeah. And we've gotten less than 30 through. And that, I think that means, and, and I, I think that's exactly the way it was designed to do. And a couple of, like you think like prohibition, it was on and it was off. So, you know, wiped out. So it's not supposed to be changed very often. And, and I wish our Constitution was even harder to change. It is fascinating to read the, feder the federalist, federalist papers and to see what was the, the thought process of our constitution and how to the checks and balances and to make sure that not one of the three branches was more powerful than the others. And what happens if one is sick or it's, they did it. They, they used all the problems in Europe and figured out a way to have it, a, a, a legitimate 
um, republic. And that's what we, we, we don't look at it that way. Well, and Hector in the comment section says Amendment 4 squarely aimed at John Morgan since he's looking to legalize marijuana, which. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, good point, man. Yeah, but Woo! to me, that's not a winning argument. It's not, no, um, it's, no, it's not a winning argument, but, but you've got a rich person. Forget that the amendment's about pot. You've got a rich person that's making it their mission in life to change the Constitution. And I'm, I'm, I don't know whether, I haven't given it enough thought to, to discuss it, but is it right that somebody could come in with a bunch of money, pay a bunch of people to get petitions, and literally change the constitution of your state? Right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's... Yeah. You know, it I just... Mean, I, I'm not saying it's wrong, yeah. but it kind of feels wrong. Have, like, I mean, on can our a rich side, person we, just change the constitution? On our side, we have Republicans that have done the same thing on other states. So, like... I understand your position, and I kind of agree with it. I don't think one person should have that much power to be able to manipulate just because he has more money than normal people. So, yeah. All right. You so should, you, should, uh, you should at least have a Florida driver's license that's active before you start changing the Constitution of yeah. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. Limo Morgan. Um, <laughs> that's um, active. You mean that's valid? That's uh, yeah. So John, uh, John Morgan. Uh, so, all right. So yes on four. And uh, what do we think about number five? Limitations on homestead property tax assessments, increased uh, portability period to transfer accrued benefit. Um, this is this is where you, it starts to get a little tricky because they're basically coming in. You know, the state legislature is basically kind of creeping in on home rule, you know, and, and basically telling your property, uh, your 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 property appraisers and uh, you know what they can and can't do. Uh, but it proposing an amendment to the state constitution effective January 1st, 2021 to increase from two to three years, the period of time during which accrued save our homes benefits may be transferred from a prior homestead to a new homestead. So this is actually more about, um, yeah, it, it's a tax policy amendment. Yes. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. I need is to look, yes? I, need, I, need, yes. I, need, I need to look, I need to, I, I, I need to research that one a little bit, but Anything that helps protect your home and yes. and the taxes again and that's um, and that's why this is a pretty simple lowering the, and the lowering keep, of keep taxes. taxes low, yeah. Keep taxes low. That's yeah. all it is. Yep. All right, so there we go. So that was uh, four and five. Scroll down to six. Last one. Another tax uh, ad valorem tax discount for spouses of certain deceased veterans who had permanent combat related disabilities. Why do I feel like I see one of these almost every cycle or every other cycle? You know, like the verbiage just changes some a little bit. Some kind of veteran. You mean but, some kind of veteran benefit? Yeah, like yeah. tax benefits. I do feel um, like there's a lot. Well, this one, I, if I understand correctly, this one extends that benefit to the surviving spouse of the veteran. Right. <clears throat> and if you think about it, you would think that that would be common sense. I, I thought that, I mean, in Florida, in Florida, you know, if you're married, you're home. I mean, it's, even if you don't have a will, your, your spouse automatically is pretty much um, getting your home. I, I was, I'm surprised to learn that the um, tax benefit for the veteran would go away. Because what, what concerns me any, anytime you're talking about tax uh, property taxes is the person that's 85 years old mm -hmm. is on fixed income is not earning any more but yet that bill is going up consistently year after year after year after year because if all you're relying on is social security and maybe some other small pension well food costs inflation keep going up fuel is going up your light bill you know everything's going up but if you're if you're if you're 85 and your pension's not going up that person's getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and the last thing that should ever happen in this country is for someone who's paid off their property 
to not be able to afford their property tax right. and have their home taken yeah. from them. But is I mean, that's the, is that what Amendment Six is talking well, about? Well, it's though. extending it's extending the veteran because so the, so the veteran that's disabled to a certain extent and has the exemption from property taxes. They're saying that okay, this person's not been paying a property tax, or they've been paying a certain amount yeah. this whole time. Then the veteran dies, so now the spouse all of a sudden. That's lifted, and now there's a reassessment, and they they now basically the spouse's taxes go up. But wouldn't that so, be normal in any situation? If the spouse dies, wouldn't the other spouse have to be responsible for well, paying I think, the bills well, that I are think, going through? Well, I think the challenge is it's it's one thing if you know your spouse receives a pension, they die, and now there's no more pension. Okay, I, we get that. I think the problem is, is that if your property taxes are let's say five thousand dollars a year, okay. And then all of a sudden, because your spouse dies, now they're seventy five hundred. Is that is that right or not? If or if or if you had property tax exemption, and now all of a sudden you're paying four grand because your property is in South Tampa. Yeah, but you've been having yeah, but you've been having that benefit for how many years? Whereas other Americans I, do not I'm, have that. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm I'm just saying that you've got I, yeah, a family. I'm to out you've, why. you've got a family. You've got a let's we'll say a husband and wife that have been paying either nothing or a certain amount on that property this all this time. The veteran dies, and then all of a sudden, boom! There's a tax bill from now on. So is it saying that it's giving more time? This is going to prevent that. It's going to extend that to the surviving spouse. I don't think it should. I don't think that should yeah. happen. I There's some principled arguments. Know. I'm with you. I'm you know, I agree. But I do think yeah. also the veteran isn't the only one that makes the sacrifice, right? I'm the right. family also yeah. is making the sacrifice. So extending that benefit to them. No. I think if you I talk to a military spouse, they they pay a price too. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, they, yeah. yeah, I'm not dying at all. Like, yeah. We are a, uh, a military family. Well, this well. actually also you know but brings back a, a similar point that uh, a buddy of ours, Billy Mitchell, you know, uh, it brought to light and you know through an incident that happened um, where because you could be a veteran or you could be uh, active um, but still serve in a civilian capacity on base. Right. And apparently there was a guy in that situation who was active, but in his role on base, he was considered a civilian. And when there was an on-site accident that took his life, uh, they are now not receiving the military benefits that they are due because he was working under civilian capacity and not as an active uh, member of the military. Because it wasn't considered in the line of duty. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, I mean, someone who gave their life to this country, served for a number, obviously still serving, right, for years on end, and and to now say, oh, thanks, but uh, we're we're done with you. It's hard to vote against a tax decrease in my mind. In my mind, I'm like, okay, does this give more money back to the people? Okay. Then, I think it uh, also specifically says veterans that were on disability, right? So then yeah. the f- family already has that added burden of, Correct. you know, probably having the wife or kids or somebody is working um, once that veteran. They might have been a caregiver because, or something. They might have been. Yeah, so yeah. they, you know, they are already making up for that money that they couldn't right. earn any longer or well, something like the that. The party says no to vote no for this one. Don't. Yeah, but I don't know, man. The Hillsborough <laughs> Republican <laughs> Party. Yeah. Well, so I think I'm sorry, uh, you don't mine agree. Says to vote, yeah. Mine yeah. says vote no for number six. Oh, well, I think the young Republicans said uh, said what? What did they say? I think no. They haven't come up with a new one. For no, they the did. Cycle. They posted it. When was this? Uh, today. What? Well, oh, that's why I haven't seen uh, it. Mine says yes. People are trying. People are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not really a partisan thing, but like I, 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 I kind of agree with Joe. I mean, if it's something that keeps money in people's pockets, certainly a veteran family, um, uh, you know, military family. 
I mean, again, I'm I'm all for it. I don't I don't take issue with it. Imagine this. Imagine this. It says yes. Okay, you, now yeah, it says six. Is it yes? Imagine this. TBR says yes. Imagine this. Thanks, Hector. Because the veteran owns the home, the property taxes, and the veteran's not able to work because of a severe disability. Okay, their income is limited for years and years and years. Okay, they die, and now all of a sudden grandma or grandpa, whoever the surviving spouse is, now all of a sudden they have a $2,500 tax bill? Yeah. What, what, like, right. what are we trying to accomplish? Like, what? Yeah. What, I mean, they, they, the person died. It's not like they took an action yeah, and that it's increased not gen- the value of the property. And it's I not mean, generationally transferable. Correct. Right. It's not like they did something to create a taxable event. Literally, the veteran dying creates a taxable event. Mm-hmm. Like that seems odd. Not only that, so, the fact that you're now losing, you know, potentially you're or losing more. The inco- you the, are, yeah, half or more whatever, of the income in that household. You're losing whatever pension benefit they did have. So, yeah. all right, thank you everybody for watching. This is uh, the Yard Sign, most important and relevant podcast in politics. Uh, again, big thank you to Joe, Brittany, Anibal. We're going to close out the show as I uh, have now kind of made it a habit to do so by uh, talking about uh, or just just mentioning what's the one story we didn't get to today that you are watching closely. Uh, we'll go left to right. So, Mr. Wicker, you're up. What's the one story oh, I wasn't prepared. that we didn't? I didn't do my homework. <laughs> you didn't do your homework the whole homework. time. You know I know. Brittany's off guard, too. <laughs> you know when the class size is small, you can't hide? Like, I didn't read. I didn't read. I'm Where sorry. are the notes on your notepad? Oh, I have one. All right. So here, I'll jump <laughs> yeah. I'll jump in first on this one. To me, it's it's whether or not this next debate is going to happen. Oh. Um, I think. Oh, that was <laughs> yours? That was her. You have time. I know no one's going to get mine. It's fine. All right. So, well, you can have it, Brittany. Go ahead. What, what are you saying? What are you thinking about the debates? Well, that there is one. All right. Do you okay. want it, do you want it to say. happen? You, yeah, you, I think it will happen. I don't okay. think that Donald Trump or Joe Biden, with it being so close to the election, either one of them will bow out of it. I do think it will happen. Um, but it it's on Thursday, at? so watch. Where's it going to be at? Hector made a comment about it being in Miami, and he wanted to know it? why more. No, that the, he was talking about the 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 one that town got canceled. Hall. The town hall, okay. yeah, the one that got canceled was in Miami, and why didn't we have them here in Tampa? We've had plenty of presidential debates here in Tampa. Man. I mean, I, uh, uh, we can I talk why. about the Super Bowl. Oh, Rami. And, okay, I have one. Joe Biden called a lid until Thursday and refuses to answer any questions about Hunter Biden. So we need to be wow. watching out for that on the debate stage because if the moderator me, doesn't ask, bless you, you know that Donald Trump is going to ask him about it. Oh, of course. So he so he's not taking any media questions until the debate, until yeah. after the debate. Again, it's... To um, focus on debate prep. It's, I'm sure it's he is. not... Yeah. Hunter, that's the issue. But this is but but what's very telling. Some people were concerned there was a COVID issue. But what's very telling is is that they won't even put out a statement about it. Yep. You know that's the thing. If they could, if they could step away from this and say, "Hey, look, this is a fallacy. This is a conspiracy. This is all bogus." But they can't. Not denying is the The fact that they can't deny it. Right. That the message that they're sending is much louder by saying nothing than by coming out and saying something. Love it. All right, Joe, you're on. My little sister, the debate is in Nashville. Oh, Oh, Nashville's a great little town. Well, that'll be cool. Good ribs. Um, Do you have one? Yet? I mean, I'm always cool with talking about college football. If anybody wants to talk about that. <laughs> COVID, talk about the Gators. Shall we no, talk, talk about, about 
The Knolls. Are you a Gator fan? Yeah, but they Not, they well, postponed their game again this weekend. Oh, it's the Gators. It's why the Rays going to the World Series. We, we could still to keep fire. it political. We could we could talk about DeSantis. We could you know, we, I don't know. We want to talk about DeSantis. No, also hey, you know to to your to I'll your favorite slogan. You know this year. You know go woke, go broke. Um, <laughs> you know no. Look, the numbers yeah. uh, for the NFL yeah. oh, have been right. been abysmal. Yes. And the NBA, NBA, yeah, the NBA horrible. basically backed off of that. The yeah. NBA, the they're gonna, they're going to do away with all the blm stuff come next season of course yeah because they're only again they are pandering and the yeah. moment it touches their wallets yeah they're gonna stop it well same it dropped with, by same, what 40 percent. Same, same thing with everything pink right now it's like you just give money yeah just write a check right. yeah don't buy pink light bulbs <laughs> for your building take that money and write a check did you uh did you go to the story in email uh so i am watching what's happening in south america with the elections of oh, chile uh, of chile and really it, um seeing how the socialism is starting to move in that part and uh, as any hispanic knows it's it comes in waves with south america uh, things are great and they're under capitalism and then um, people get upset about it. They want more money. They have three or four elections with socialism. Everything falls apart. They can't pay their debts. And then America has to come in and re recertify their banks. And then they get capitalism again. Well, and the weird it's part insane. about that whole story too, is that, uh, apparently they haven't been able to certify nope. the election results, like make them official. There's, there's a lot of question. And one of the things that I want to, I'm going to look into also is that there is some of this BLM, like, um, slogans and an agenda it's in, it's in that is bleeding yes. into yeah, it's yeah. bleeding it, no, into yeah. so weird. other it's parts so of the world. Weird. Yeah, it's in it's in Europe. It's in South America. This anti-police, anti yeah. you know yeah. Like, but more, I, I think, and I, and I think I, that's proof. I don't mean that small government, but anti-government, like no, it's, anarchist. It's, it's, it's proof that it's a leftist movement. Yeah. Because if you think about it, okay, think about it. At the core, initially of BLM, the organization that got co-opted by the left, at the core of it was. That the, some of the legitimate grievances that black Americans had with their interactions with police forces and targeted what some would say is over-policing, okay? They, there were some legitimate grievances that people wanted to talk about and they wanted to change police uh, policy. Correct. Okay, this is a uniquely American yes. issue. Right. That's a uniquely American issue. I'm sorry, how how is France talking about BLM? Right. How, how is how how is this happening in South America? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So the it's a yeah. because it's a leftist movement. So the elections yep. in Chile, the elections in Bolivia are what I'm looking at right now, and then the protesting in uh, Thailand, where they're trying to overthrow the monarchy, and that is going to get very bloody very quickly. Also, with what's happening in Bulgaria, they're good. those two are going to get bloody. So, really is quick. it is it another? Is it a far left version of the Arab Spring that they're trying to they're trying to pop up? Is that what's trying to happen? Are people trying to do like a, a you know an anarchist leftist version and, of the until, Arab Spring? Until one of them falls, you can't tell. But I, you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? You know, not I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Pat, anything anything past the Pacific or Atlantic Ocean. Come on, guys. We need to know what's <laughs> happening in other parts of the world. Act locally. Uh, that's what locally. we have you for, Anibal. I know. Hence why I'm saying. All right. I'm so you've got homework for next I'm, week. I'm watching South America. I'm watching Europe. and, yeah. and We're going to need a research paper on Chile. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching. Double Again, spaced. I thank you. Uh, I do. <laughs> thank you to uh, Joe Wicker, Brittany Jean, and Ebel Cabrera for being on the show That's today. your notes. Yes. We'll... Uh, Hold Do you on. not bring notes? We'll get them all back on camera here in a second. I'm about I, to I mute them. Notes. Oh my god! All right. 
Thank you, everybody, for watching. Again, make sure that you like, share, follow on all our social media platforms and subscribe to the audio version of the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google. I didn't even get to tell you guys. We are officially registered. Not It's not live yet, but we're registered to be among the first podcasts on Amazon and Audible. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm very, very excited Evidently about that. Evidently, we're the long version of the conservative uh, podcast in the region. Everyone else well, we like- made up for not having a show last week. So <laughs> thank you, everybody, for watching. That's going to be it. We ran way too long, but we appreciate you so much Our for watching. Our theme song listening. needs to be whooped. There it is. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it needs to be whooped. Oh, there my God. Is. Good.